You're listening to 14 Minutes of Sass, a That Was Now production. Um, I do tend to get up pretty early. Isn't it crazy? If we fail with this one, I think I need to get a job. I'm an artist. I'm a painter. Started this company in my garage. It's actually pretty amazing. The world needs to know that this exists. And that was a moment when actually this light bulb went on. Sometimes when you have a problem, it's an occasion to shine. Everything in life gets better when you yeah. take better care of yourself. It's horribly geekish, but you know, it is what it is. For this week's podcast, Stephen interviewed Edith Harbaugh. I've done 300 mile races, about a dozen 50 miles, and probably 20 or 30, 50 k's. When you're outside, your mind starts to make connections because you're not staring at a screen, you're not doing anything, but suddenly giving yourself time. I am a geek, so it's, it's funny. I started off as an engineer, and I became a product manager because I was tired of building things that nobody wanted. Worse than hate is just non-interest. Edith is the CEO and co-founder of LaunchDarkly, a leading feature management platform. When she's not busy with LaunchDarkly, Edith also finds time to co-host her own podcast on software trends and to write columns for InfoQ and ReadWrite. And as if that weren't enough, she's also an accomplished distance runner with numerous ultra marathons under her belt. She writes, she codes, she podcasts, she builds great products, and she likes to help others build products too. A few weeks after I interviewed her at Lisbon's Web Summit, her company launched Darkly, raised an extra $21 million in funding to help companies build better software. Hi, Edith. It's uh, wonderful to have you with us. Thank yeah, you very much. Here. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, a little bit of your history? Yeah, I'm uh, Edith Harbaugh. I'm CEO and co-founder of LaunchDarkly. Um, the company helps other software companies, it's very meta, uh, make better software for their own customers. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, and I've been in software my entire life. I started off programming in basic, not visual basic, just basic. Um, I was an engineering manager. I was a product manager. Uh, most recently, I was at TripIt, and so I just have been a software person. Could you name some some tech trend that particularly excites you right now that's happening? Something that really excites me is the shift back to software as a profit center instead of a cost center. So, like. In the 90s, there was this, this kind of first wave of all the dot-coms, which were like, oh, let's, we need to build a lot of cool stuff. Yep. Um, in the 2000s, there was a counter wave, where it's basically like, these engineers and software cost us a lot of money. <laughs> let's try to do this as cheaply as possible. Uh-huh. Uh, what I see now is that there's a third wave, which is that the companies that are really good at building software are disrupting the companies that are not. Okay. Like, so Blockbuster, no more. Netflix, one. Uh, Amazon, winning versus Walmart. Yep. So in every industry, there's there's two forces going on right now, which are a bunch of startups, many of who are at, at Web Summit looking to disrupt somebody else. Yeah. And the, the, the big companies who have seen the writing on the wall very clearly, like, we do not want to be disrupted. We need to have our software as a competitive advantage. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So that, that makes me really excited that software is important right now. Could you explain to a layperson uh, what a feature flag is and what managing the life cycle of feature flags entails? Yeah, so a feature flag is just a way of gaining off part of a code. So, so let me, let me up-level it. Say you're building a new feature and 
like a new login flow or a new way to sort your merchandise. And you only want some of your users to see that. You can use a feature flag. Um, so at the very beginning, perhaps the only users who see it are even you yourself as a developer, your designer, your product manager, and then maybe people within your company to give feedback. Once you've reached a level of comfort with that, you can then start to push it out to different people uh, with, as a beta program. So instead of having to push them to a beta server, just say, hey, you, Steven, get rights to see this feature. And you can then do what we call a dark launch and push it out to a lot of people. Um, the interesting thing we found is that after these gates or flags are in place, people then use them for long-term control. Okay. So that they have different chunks of functionality which are visible to different people. And they're using us as basically a, a, a control layer, nervous cent nervous center of the code. Okay. Okay. So that allows them to scale faster and, and scale more safely. And, and uh... yeah, if you if you can always turn everything off, you're more willing to sh to ship things. There can't be too many people in that space right now. Do you have a lot of competition? You know, our biggest competition is people who haven't heard that this is a better way to build software. Ah. Okay. And then there's a lot of people who've cobbled together some solution in-house, and we actually love that. Okay. Um, we, we think this is a better way to build software, and we actually put out a lot of how-to guides about, like, you don't have to use LaunchDarkly, my company, to do this kind of software. Okay. Uh, just if you want to do it, here's how to do it the right way. Okay. Because I did see, you know, on your website, you do have a start of pricing, and you've a, but it does sound like something that's particularly... Uh, particularly appealing to the, the mid-market and, and the enterprise. Would that be true? Yeah, I mean, um, we like to help everybody, so we do have a package for every, every size company. I do think it becomes more interesting the bigger you are, mainly because you have more and more people that you want to have control different features. Sure. Like sure. you have your product managers, you have your marketing team, you have your sales team, and you want to give them all this control over their code. Great. And if you were to look five to ten years into the future, which is always very difficult to do, you know, what would your vision for Launch Darkly be, or how would you imagine it being? I'd, I'd imagine that we're being used by everybody in a company to manage their code. Like, so the stuff that you used to have to ask your developer to do in terms of enable this contract, put somebody in and out of a beta group, that just you have Launch Darkly as a platform to enable that. You like to run very long distances. That's uh, true. I hear, and uh, even up to 100 miles That's true. In, in, in trails, which are also more challenging. Um, I presume that's mountain trails, or that's trails off-road, right? Um, I've done 300-mile races, about a dozen 50 miles, and probably 20 or 30 50Ks, probably 20 wow. marathons. Wow. Um, I don't really run on roads anymore, because I, I prefer trails. Okay. And, you know, do you, do you meditate a lot? Do you think a lot? Do you get ideas when you run? Yes. What drives you to run? Yes. Yes. Yeah? You know, I think, I think us in the tech industry, you can spend all day at your computer and you think you're thinking and you're not. Okay. You're yeah. reacting. Do you think it's easy to come across ideas, easier, do you become more open? Does your mind open up a bit more when you're running and you're out there yeah. close to trees and, and, and there, I do something repetitive and simple? The, the, there's actually been a lot of studies that like when you're outside, you, your mind starts to make connections. Okay. Because you're not staring at a screen, you're not doing anything, but suddenly giving yourself time. Can you describe one quality, personal quality, that has helped you be successful more than any other? What would that be? I'm very tenacious. 
Like I actually failed three times at running 100 miles before I finished that wow. one. Uh, every time I failed, I, I was, of course, not happy. But I would think about why I had failed and what I could change for the next time. Very good. Very so I was just like, okay, did I fail because, you know, the weather was bad, I didn't have the right gear, I hadn't trained enough, I started with an injury, I didn't have the right crew, and like, I was like, okay, let me, let me try this again. Cool, cool. Um, and are you the sort of person that gave yourself enough time to recover from the injury? Are you pragmatic, or did you go ahead and hurt yourself? I try to. I mean, like, the, it, it's, I love running, so the hardest thing is when I'm injured, but you have to give yourself time to heal. You're not just a CEO and co-founder launched Darkly. You're a writer, podcaster, mentor in two different places, I believe. You're also an inventor. Um, are you driven to create, Edith? I am. I, I love creating things. Like I am. I got an engineering degree because I liked building, and I was a product manager because I like building products. And the thing I like about doing the company is I'm really building um, a product, the company itself, and also the culture within the company, which is really really fun. You, it's, a, it's it's very creative, and not not in a drawing paint on a wall kind of way, but in a, that you're literally creating something out of nothing. Are you drawn to the geeks of the company, oh, given that a, you have them on yourself? <laughs> I am a geek, so it's, it's funny. I started off as an engineer, and I became a product manager because I was tired of building things that nobody wanted. Sure. It's, it's very frustrating because like, I created this thing, and you've probably done this. You built something, you spent a lot of time on it. Yeah. <laughs> and worse than hate is just non-interest. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I stayed up all night to build this beautiful beveled product. And nobody wants it. Nobody wants it. It's not that they're like, oh, the bevel's in the wrong place. They're just like, we don't want bevels. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I became a product manager because I was like, okay, I will become closer to customers and build stuff people want. Very of good. Of course, I still made mistakes. And then I went into marketing because I realized that, like, I think as an engineer, and I was, gu was guilty of this too, you have this idea that if you have a good product, people will somehow discover it. Okay. Like, oh, people just know I have this great product. <laughs> and I can tell you very clearly that, no, that's not true. Like, you, you need to get out and tell people sure, about sure. your product. I mean, that, that's why I'm at events like Web Summit. It's like, I'm like, the world needs to know that this exists. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and that, that's how I became marketing, is I was just like, it was very frustrating that we had a good product that people seemed to want if they knew about it. Sure. But nobody knew about it. <laughs> and, and, you know, following on from that, would you go in with the sales guy uh, for the big pitches for the 10Xs or the, um, or the AppDirects? You have some very impressive clients on your website. Would you be part of those larger deals? Of the, you know, would you go in and, and help them pitch it? Or, or? I, I'm laughing because I was the sales guy for those deals. Oh, you were? Okay, that's what I was wondering, actually. <laughs> that's what I was wondering. So, so... So, I, I mean, we started, it was, we were a two-person company, it was me and my co-founder. It makes me very happy that we've been selling for a while, so we have customers like AppDirect and 10X, and I get to go visit them and they tell me about how their own businesses have gotten better. Fantastic, fantastic. Like, so I hear stories, like, not, not them, but another customer who said, we went from a year to release to weeks. Wow, that's incredible. And that feels really good that I'm, we're literally helping these other companies do better. How many people are you now? Like uh, we're roughly 25. We have a great team. I'm I'm so proud of how much they've accomplished. They they do wonderful things. Is there anything you're not good at? I've been told that I'm a tone deaf singer. <laughs> 
I think I'm bad enough of a singer that I don't know I'm tone deaf. Okay, I won't ask you to, no, no, to give no, us no, a bar. No, 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 uh, I'm not a very good singer. Um, let's see what else. I am not very good at drawing. Okay, okay. Are you, are you visual though, in general? No, oh, yeah. Oh, you are. I just, I'm not a good freehand drawer. Not good freehand drawer, okay. How have you found your experience here in Web Summit? Has oh, it been worthwhile coming over? It's great. I mean, I am. Um, it's a really valuable conference. I really enjoy seeing uh, it's it's one of those opportunities where you get to go out and see people in person. I um I strongly believe that seeing somebody in person is far different than emailing with them. Thanks a million, Eden Harbour. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. been listening to 14 Minutes of SaaS, a That Was Now production. Brought to you by me, Stephen Cummins, and me, Nick Curtis-Davis. Special thanks to Ketza for the music provided under a Creative Commons license.